The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Spiritual Ecstasy with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Welcome to Spiritual Ecstasy and the Superpowers of the Soul Channel. This is Dr. Gabriel Cousins, the physician of the soul. And today we'll be discussing the joyful power of spiritual fasting. A lot of people don't associate fasting with joy, but the truth is, as you get deeper into it, you really get to feel the joy. Okay. So this is Dr. Gabriel Cousins. I'm known as the physician of the soul, um, a mystic. And I'm going to be discussing this from my own life experience as a holistic physician, as a spiritual teacher, as humanitarian, as a Native American uh, sun dancer, a father and grandfather. From those different perspectives. So that's my background then, right? I'm a holistic uh, physician. Uh, I do a lot of to the truth of who they are. And that is the most important thing for me. And spiritual fasting is one of the most potent ways to make this happen. I've written 13 books on spirituality and spiritual nutrition, including discussions about fasting. And my latest book is titled Into the Nothing, which is a spiritual autobiography where I describe my 40-day fast and my 21-day fast as well. Uh, Why is spiritual fasting important today? It's because... We have lost contact with the truth of who we are. That's what's really going on here. And in that process of losing contact, spiritual fasting gets us back in touch with our soul. That's really the the key, the key understanding in this process. And it also gets us back in touch with the functioning of our own body on multiple levels. Okay, so that's the the, the key understanding that we're we're really going with with this. Um, I also have uh, give programs on a regular basis. I have a live and liberated with Dr. Gabriel. And I also, uh, it's a weekly uh, Thursday uh, program. And I also teach about spiritual nutrition and spiritual fasting and conscious eating and a variety of topics really concerned with spiritual nutrition. You can find me at drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn. Co, where our whole Tree of Life community is outlined for, that's designed to support people 
And in all these areas, it has over 350 of my articles and talks. Now, what's the message here? What you're going to hear is going to make one very key point. Spiritual fasting is an elixir of life. Not the elixir, but an important elixir for life, awaking us on all levels of our being, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. That's what's important to really understand. And that's the way we're talking about it. Fasting, spiritual fasting, as I define it, is a multi-dimensional experience and approach. The intent is not simply to clear the body, which is part of it, but also heal us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, multi-dimensional. Now, I've been fasting since 1982, where actually I started my fasting career with a 40-day fast, which is not the usual way you do it, but I'm an explorer. And so I do different, do it a little differently. I prefer that people start with a seven-day juice fast, which is really the, the way We've been running our fasting retreat since uh, 1988 is to have a seven-day spiritual juice fast. Um, so what, what, what is this spiritual fasting? Again, the idea is not just to clean your body, but it's with the intent to expand oneself emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Um, it, it is, for me in my overall teachings, another powerful force in, 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 in spiritual nutrition. I do recommend people fast for at least seven days uh, on green juice. That's the bottom line. Fasting is defined as abstinence. It could be a water fast. But at least when we're defining it, we're talking about juices or water. Our fasting retreats are diluting the green juices in half. We don't use fruit juices. They're just too sweet for people. On the spiritual level, an energetic level, is the most powerful dietary way of becoming a superconductor of the divine. There's two energies that get activated when we're doing a spiritual fast, at my spiritual fast that I'm going to talk about. One is the vital life force, which is when we stop taking toxins or loading ourselves with too much food, we have a natural vital life force and then begins to heal the body at all these levels. The second is more connected with what I call the, the, the spiritual life force, and that's the energy of the uh, Kundalini, the Raha Kadesh, the Holy Spirit. It's like awakening that energy. What I discovered was that when people did a seven-day 
spiritual fast with me, about 90% of the people had a specific uh, spiritual energetic awakening and began the journey to becoming a superconductor of the divine. And when it's done in its full context, it helps calm the activities of the mind, purify um, all the subtle anatomies. Before I stop for the break, which we're going to take in just a moment, I want to remind you that you can reach me at drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co. You can get articles I've written or videos or become part of the Tree of Life community by going to treeoflife.mn.co. My books can be found in bookstores and book distribution all over the world, actually. Uh, and those are a key kind of understanding. I am doing regular teachings, particularly on Thursdays, but I teach in a variety of places and conferences. All of these are categorized and listed in my calendar at treeoflife.mn.co. That's treeoflife.mn.co. So we're going to take a break for a moment, and we'll be back. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high-vibe connections, Superpower Masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. Okay, welcome back. You're talking to Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Our topic is the joy of and power of spiritual fasting. And people know me as the physician of the soul and the mystical physician. Uh, and fasting takes us into a variety of places because the spiritual fast does involve meditating. In our fast, we have people meditating an hour twice a day. Okay. The part of the spiritual fast that's unique is that the people can immerse themselves in the very high spiritual energy, or we call high prana, that's a yoga term, elixir of spiritual fasting and have the potential of having the kundalini or spiritual energy awakened. And then we uh, have the, what I call the grace of uh, Shaktipat, which is the energy that can awaken that. Um, so spiritual fast, the way I'm talking about, it, are that quintessence of what spiritual nutrition can be. And that's why the uh, why we offer it, okay? On one level, which is very, very traditional, fasting is practiced as an essential discipline for the attainment of true knowledge, the truth of who we are. It has a, 
at least a 5,000 year history in this cycle as a spiritual practice in almost all religions. And when I mention that, we have Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, Taoism. So we have, it's, it's pretty universal. Clearly we have evidence in the Western tradition of, of Socrates and Plato and the Stoic and Neoplatonic philosophers such as Epicus and Polonius. They use fasting to purify the spirit in order to better perceive the truth. That is the essence of what we're talking about. Socrates and Plato did more 10-day fast, but Pythagoras, the great mathematician, practiced 40-day fast. So we see a history of it uh, to understand it isn't just simply uh, a new age type thing to do. This has been going for thousands of years in every every tradition. So what's so special about it? What's, what, what is this that we're talking about? Fasting allows our physical bodies to turn towards the assimilation of pranic energy or the high life force energy rather than biochemical energy, which is what we get from food. And it helps accelerate the purification of the body. And it then allows the body, because it's more purified and its energetic channels become open, it becomes a better conductor for the spiritual energy, also known in the yoga tradition as Kundalini, and the Torah tradition as the Ruach HaKadosh, or the Holy Spirit. And it opens up the flow because we're not clogging it with the, the, the toxins or load of our food in the body. And as we remove the blocks from the body, which is everything we take in in that way, and I'm going to add to that, I'm talking about emotional toxins and mental toxins as well as spiritual toxins. So to me, that's part of the spiritual fast letting go of all the toxins that block us. Then we begin more and more to feel the God force within us. And the more we're in touch with the feeling of the God force, the easier it is to be motivated to live in a way that will continue to enhance it. So what you're hearing is the way I like to use the fast, which is the motivation to literally make one step forward in your lifestyle that makes you healthier on all the levels we're talking about. I like one step at a time. So fast is a wonderful motivation because you feel so good. And now when you break the fast, you're able to kind of make a, a life decision to make one step. As I said before, it's, it's formally defined as abstinence from food and water. But I see spiritual fasting in a larger context, which means to abstain from that which is toxic to our body, our emotions, our mind, and our soul. So it's much more comprehensive and global in the understanding. It's not simply cutting down on food. 
Uh, when we fast in this manner, okay, in other words, fast for spiritual purposes, it usually involves some degree of removal of oneself from our worldly responsibilities. It can mean complete silence and social isolation during the fast, which can be greatly rejuvenated, or it can be working in a group fast with other people and communicating, getting support, having a teacher uh, who's trained in fasting. That's specifically how we do it. We like to do group fast and uh, meet every day with the group with me as the, the teacher, and that's a model of doing it. I don't really recommend fasting on your own, particularly for the very first time. It's nice to have someone to ask questions for, too, about what is going on. Gandhi used to observe one day of uh, silence per week, and of course he fasted on a regular basis. And it helps as he pointed out, to bring the knowledge of God within his love. Now, the process of fasting, I'm not going to go into the details, but the process of fasting is that in the first few days, our appetites usually fade and the attachment to food diminishes. So within a day or two, one's not really hungry or it's unusual that one is. Um, and you really are kind of start to go deeper into the fast as you've gone through the physiological change from food eating to fasting. Uh, and fasting in this context then frees our mind to put more energy on the awareness of our divine being rather than on our appetites. And in fasting, then, that there's this tight connection between instinct and bodily and desires, that's decreased. And we're allowed to be free from the physical desires of the body. And sin spiritually. Uh, and the mind is free to merge into higher states of communion with God. So we're not really suffering. The first day or two for most people is a little uncomfortable. But after that, and after we get through some of the detox, by day three or four, we start to feel really good. The balls have cleaned out, and the mind starts to get clearer and clearer, and we're able to naturally and more intensively feel the truth of who we are. That's the beauty of it, as we move more and more naturally into God communion. And that's the, the key understanding of this. The more mystical act of fasting, as I've been alluding to with spiritual fasting, especially uh, in longer fast, but definitely in the last few days of the seven-day fast, is almost seen as a mystical sacrifice of the body. And when we combine it with meditation, it's, in a sense, a mystical sacrifice of the mind. And ultimately, we can call it a mystical sacrifice of the ego, of body and mind. And in that way, it's almost a mystical death and rebirth. 
And that's the, the beauty of spiritual fasting. Of course, you have to have the right angle of the mind uh, in doing this kind of fasting re retreat. Um, in a straight fast, people lose weight, they cleanse, they purify. And that's where the attention is. But spiritual fasting begins with the, a spiritual intention and ends with a deeper experience of the truth of who we are. That's what makes it different. And it makes it easier once the mind becomes quiet, which is what happens when we're fasting and meditating and a little bit removed from the world. That's what really works well. And we can't, the interesting thing about fasting, we can't have someone else do it for us. We have to show up and be completely there and overcome in some uh, way our fear of death because fasting brings that up initially. You know, once you fasted for a few times, you realize, boy, you're going to feel good. What happens that's really uh, fun is that fasting is an extremely powerful way to reactivate the youthing gene. Because as we diminish the physical stresses of excess food and emotional stresses, psychological stresses, and spiritual stresses, environmental stresses, it's an optimal setting for activating the youthing gene. Now, you may think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Our research uh, has shown that even if we cut down our intake of food by 40 calories, we do activate a whole section of youthing genes, uh, literally, that get turned on. And we start a rejuvenation, regeneration process. And that's important. So we start with, uh, on one level, the process of apoptosis, which means uh, the body makes a real effort to, 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 to eliminate the dead and dying cells and to create new cells. And near the end of the talk, I will explain a little bit more of some of the physiology uh, without getting too biochemical. I first noticed this in 1988 as I began working more regularly with groups fasting. I saw during the, 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 the fast, people uh, just began to feel more alive. Um, they began to feel happier. They Yes, they certainly went through detox too. Um, but there was a radical youthing going on, which now I understand as I've done the research with it, wasn't just happening at my fast, but that is what happens when you have a, do a fasting um, approach. There is a radical youthing. And it isn't just lowering your blood pressure. It actually lengthens your telomeres, which are a measure of aging. The longer your telomeres, the uh, younger you are. Uh, I saw people had a lot of difficulties when they came in. They had chronic degenerative diseases, chronic pain, fatigue, depression, anxiety, digestive disturbances. And a lot of that began to fade out. That was really impressive for me because what I also saw 
particularly like things like osteoarthritis, is that it would actually go away and stay away. Even high blood pressure, about, my observation was about 85 to 90% of the people with high blood pressure, the blood pressure drops within a week to normal, generally speaking. What I saw is it kind of stayed there after they completed the fast. That was really exciting to me. And uh, many years ago, I was talking with Jeffrey Bland, Dr. Jeffrey Bland, and uh, discussing his book called Genetic Nutritionary, okay? And it, it just became obvious what was happening is people were turning on the euthane genes and literally, and this is the important thing, reprogramming to an earlier stage of gene expression of health. And so, obviously, we're talking about physiological, but it's actually deeper than that. And that's what I really want to hear about that. Um, and so, the whole physiology, which is more detailed than I want to get into here, um, is something I would discuss at a fast, okay? Um, but during a fast, all the limited systems of the body get activated. The skin, and we do skin brushing and different things there. And, and lungs, we teach people uh, breathing, what we call pranayama, lung uh, breathing exercise. The liver, the kidney, we give special herbs to support because they take the biggest uh, part of that besides the colon. And, of course, and with the... The colon cleansing, we do recommend enemas as well, or even clinics that people want. But the point is we want to support the natural physiology of detox-eliminated systems. And that's the beauty. Now, fasting is probably 5,000 years old, as I alluded People have been doing it for a long time. It's probably the oldest healing system there is. We've learned a little bit also about when to fast and when not to fast. And I'll start with when not to fast. I won't really have people fast if they have severe uh, physiological difficulties, you know, chronic disease that are more, uh, let's say, they're more fragile, or if they're 10 15 pounds underweight. I'm very careful about that and also don't recommend pregnant women to be fasting as well or nursing women. As I kind of sum this up before I go to kind of a next level of discussion, we see that fasting as a history and spiritual and religious observations all over the world. Okay. We have a history in the Judaic Christian tradition. Uh, Jesus fasted, Moses fasted, Elijah fasted. It's not new. They all did 40-day fasts. Okay, the Essenes fasted. And I mentioned fasting in its strictest senses, a complete abstinence for food. But basically, in the larger understanding, it's to abstain from that which is toxic to your physical body, emotional body, your mental body, and your spiritual body. And that's, that's kind of a, a more clear, a bigger, broader definition. And 
Fasting allows your body to turn into the absorption of lesser densities of cosmic energy rather than just the density of food. And as we increase that cosmic energy or the cosmic product, depending on whatever term, it increases our potential of reaching the critical energy in which the spiritual energy known as Kundalini, uh, Rakadesh, or Holy Spirit is awakened. Uh, but fasting accelerates the purification of the body and allows a spiritualizing force of the Kundalini spiritualizing energy to, to operate more actively because the body is more pure, it's more clean. We become a superconductor of the divine. That's what we're talking about. And fasting helps us to overcome the pull of bodily desires that are always pulling on the mind <clears throat> and makes it easier for the mind to merge into higher states of God communion. The act of fasting then is a mystical uh, sacrifice of body and mind to God. It's a mystical death of the ego. Not everybody believes in God, and that's fine. It's still a mystical death of the ego. Um, the normal physiology of fasting is based on the excretion of toxins and the activation of autolysis, which is the uh, accelerated destruction of dead, dying, and degenerating cells, and the activation of the rebirth of new cells. And we want during the fast to support all the eliminated system, eliminative systems, skin, kidneys, liver, bowel, and, and lungs. Um, I generally uh, guide seven-day fast. Sometimes we do a little bit longer. But what's pretty safe for most people is seven to 14-day fast. Um, there are people who do very long fast. That's a medically supervised fast. But what's reasonable is seven to 14 days. Um, and initially, it's good to have supervision in that. Um, and people who shouldn't fast, as I just mentioned, pregnant women, pregnant lactating women, people who are more than 10 pounds underweight, or people suffering severe malnutrition from chronic diseases. Now, we're going to go to another level of understanding the fasting process now. And that is a more on a spiritual level. So I mentioned the spiritual fasting activates the vital life force the way the Greeks talked about it. And that force does all this uh, levels of healing that I'm talking about. But it also helps us reconnect with our soul, which is a major problem in the world today with everything that's going on. So fasting naturally helps us reconnect to our soul. And then to what I call our holy rhythm. We all have a particular rhythm. It's not the same. Everybody's unique, but we do have a holy rhythm. It's a way of life that actually helps us feel integrated into 
our total daily cycle. And getting in touch with your holy rhythm is really important for well-being and longevity. And you know it because fasting does activate the pleasure centers. We do have an increase of endorphins and other neurotransmitters like dopamine that activate the pleasure centers. Now, that's the sign. Everybody's telling us we're on the right path here. Now, another thing is many people have lost their direction in life, which is different than the holy rhythm. The direction of life has to do with what, what's my purpose? What is it about? We're not so sure what it's about. Today, so when we take right retreat back, and start examining our sacred design. What's our purpose? What are we doing? How can we be more aligned with our sacred design at this point in our life? And at different points in life, we have different expressions of the sacred design. And along with that, part of our sacred design is to have a healthy and normal homostasis, a normal physiology. We restore it, but we become inspired to keep it restored. And of course, that helps us connect more deeply when you have a working physical body with a cosmic flow. and brings us to what I like to call uh, full uh, body enlightenment or holistic liberation, as I talk about in my last book, uh, which is into the nothing, okay? And ultimately, as you feel more better in all these different ways, we begin to love ourselves enough to want to heal ourselves. And it really does happen, the healing levels. So that brings me to a little bit more detail about what is this healing that I'm talking about? And literally, when we fast, we increase the release of neuro-derived neural growth factors, which literally regenerate the neurons of the brain. Um, and another term is the brain-derived neurotropic factors. So we're actually releasing uh, factors from our brain, from our system that help our brain, brain grow. We also have a, an increase in growth hormone. For men, it increases 13-fold. And for women, it's up to 20 times higher. And as I mentioned before, but I'm going to be more specific, I've seen people come in with cognitive decline and begin to reverse it as the toxins get out of the brain. It really does help. I mean, during a fast, people may get a little spacey, but the minds get clearer, toxins get clearer. So it helps decrease cognitive decline. It's one of the key pieces I use in healing type 2 diabetes. Even if people come in on insulin, 
but you need a doctor if you're going to do that level of treatment. Uh, it clearly has been shown to decrease high blood pressure, treat osteoarthritis, help minimize the severity of heart disease. When you're uh, working with periodic fasting, the rate of breast cancer can drop as much as 40%. That's pretty good. So we're talking all chronic diseases are affected. Again, the point in spiritual fasting is to be open for elevating of consciousness, the expansion of consciousness. But along the way, it doesn't hurt to have all these really good things happening. Now, one of the newer findings, and I mean newer, like in the last year or so, is that Fasting stimulates stem cell regeneration of the immune Pretty strong hit uh, that is going on. And this is a very natural approach to increase stem cell around the system, but also regenerating neurons. And that's pretty, uh, more than a little important. So that's why I say fasting does stimulate brain cell growth. It actually increases the size of your brain. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.